Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's wisdom. I'm going to go right on into today's topic this morning. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Um, Today's topic is going to be titled, The Disposition of a Yielding Believer. The Disposition of a Yielding Believer. I wanted to go over that because yesterday we talked a couple of ways about following the steps, right? Whose steps are we following? We're following the steps of Christ in all that we do. It's made real clear and simple in the Word of God how we are to uh, function in this fallen world, right? Jesus gave us that clear path. And that path is not about perfection because we ourselves as humans can never be perfect, but it is in Him that we find our perfection. It is in Him that we find our righteousness. It is in Him following and believing and trusting and relying on Christ in us to lead and guide us, right? Understanding that as yielding believers in everything that we're doing, we're yielding our life over to that truth. We're yielding every action, every thought, every idea, every inspiration, every business operation, every business agreement, everything in our lives is being yielded, right? Because our lives are the living testimony. It's how we walk, not what we say, not because we have all of the right rituals in our lives, but how are we living, right? Are we living up to standards? standards that Christ has desired for us to do. And the only standard that he has given us is to believe in him, to believe that he is the only way to God the Father, accept that truth, live by that truth, and operate through his precepts that he has given us. Now he knows as humans will fall short. That's why we've been given grace. But grace is not an excuse for us to ignore what God has called us to do. And so this disposition of a yielding believer is about us developing and maturing through the process as yielding believers. This is a process that we're in, right? And I explained a while ago, a couple of days ago, the difference in a yielding believer and, a, and just a believer, right? There is a difference because a believer is they've accepted Christ. They have their salvation. They can't ever lose that. But they're not behaving what they believe. They're not walking that out in their lives. So yielding is a daily process. It's something that we do in everything on a daily basis. And it is about the mindset. It's our mindset as we approach certain things in our lives. And so when we talk about the disposition, I wanted to clear up a couple of things. So growth, development, and maturity. Lots of times these three words are used interchangeably. They're used to to discuss the same points, but they're actually different. And many times, especially as business owners, we are in business and we're really driven by growth, right? We want to grow our businesses. There are a lot of service providers out there and they're like, I can come and help you grow your business, whatever process they have, right? And growth is about the entity or the body getting bigger over time in size, composition, or proportion. It's just getting bigger, right? The thing is just getting bigger, right? But development is about the body or the entity changing and adapting over time so that the parts work more effectively and efficiently together, right? Do you know that you can grow to a point but your parts don't work efficiently? They don't really function together in a smooth operating system, right? Coach Dream is very uh, in tune with helping businesses set up their back offices and their processes and their systems because a lot of people have growth. They have lots of leads, they have lots of clients, but they don't have systems and processes that function greatly together so they're not fully developed, 
right? And then we look at maturity. Maturity is about the quality in the thoughts and the behavior of that body or that entity, right? If we're talking about person in that mind, right? So when we talk about a yielding believer and we want to talk about our disposition, we got to go into quality, right? Because none of the definitions, growth or development, do not talk about the quality of anything. It's not until we get to maturity that we talk about the quality of a thing, right? And quality is defined as a standard, the standard of something as measured against other things of a similar kind. It's the degree of excellence of something, right? And we know that as marketplace ministers, our job is to minister the excellencies of God, of Christ, right, to the world. So we know that the degree of our excellence matters, and what we're being measured by is not the world standards or the people. We're being measured by Christ. Our goal each and every day is that we're being molded and changed more and more like him, that our mind is being developed more and more like Christ, which enables us to continue to follow the path steps that he's laid out for us, right? And so when we understand that maturity right, in God's organizational chart is the priority. He's more concerned about your maturity than he is your growth, and he is more concerned with the maturity than your development, right? Growth is a thing in God's organizational chart that happens by the maturity that takes place. The more mature, the more quality, the more excellent this thing is to the degree of its excellence, it will develop, it will function efficiently and effectively all of its parts, and then it will automatically grow, right? And so knowing that disposition, we as yielding believers must adopt that same mindset. We have to re begin to reverse where our focus is. Our focus cannot be on growth. It can't be on, I want to reach the masses for God and I want to tell them all about him because it's not within our might, first of all. All he's doing is using us as instruments, and we've seen that through Moses. It is not about our inadequacies or what we're capable of doing. If God calls you and appointed you, he is going to start it and finish it. He is not looking for you to do him any favors. Your job is to only be a willing capacity where he can flow through in order for it to work, right, or a willing conduit so that his power can flow through and you follow that guidance. And when we begin to focus on maturity, we begin to see that our quality of thought and behavior will change. The way we think about things, the way we behave about things, will be more apt to lean to the word of God in our decision making. It becomes our foundation. As I said in the opening, it becomes the anchor. It's the thing that holds us steadfast. It's the cornerstone of everything else that we build. That building block, that cornerstone that connects all the pieces together is going to be the word of God. It is where he's Start and it's where we finish, okay? So when we get that disposition, we begin to just kind of flip the world's way of doing things on top of his head, right? We're going to be more driven by maturity as, you know, in our businesses as a yielding believer, knowing that development happens as a result of implementing the things based on the maturity that you've gained, and then growth naturally happens. There's nothing you can do to grow an entity, I must say that again. There is nothing that you can physically do to grow an entity. Growth is a result that you have no control over. It happens. And the reason so many people are caught up and depressed, especially believers in business, is because we are more concerned about doing things that's out of our control rather than doing the things that we do and are able and required to be responsible for. 
So I wanted to share today, because I don't want to run over, there's four transforming dispositions that occur when we give ourselves over to the maturation process that is taking place in our lives as a yielding believer. The first one is commitment before confirmation. We began to understand that God operates from a place of commitment, not confirmation first. So by human nature, we actually think in the reverse order. We want God to confirm the word that he told us, right? But God says into yielding believers, we have to step out and commit to the appointment before we see the Lord's actions. Waiting for confirmation means we'll never move and make the commitment. Moses made so many excuses, and we're going to cover that probably tomorrow or Friday. And we talked about how that self-depreciation action on his part to, to, to question what God had appointed him to do. But we have to be willing to say yes. And it was not until Moses said, I will go, and actually started the journey that God started to show him the way to go. And there's a reference to how that works in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. I'm going to read that from the New King James Version. And it simply says, your ears shall hear a word before you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. You will also defile the covering of your images of silver and the ornament of your molded images of gold. You will throw them away as an unclean thing, and you will say to them, get away. That's verses 21 through 22. We see right there that when your ears hear the word saying, and then you walk on it, right? That is what God is looking for you to do just as Moses did to say, I will go. Commitment before confirmation. And before I go to the second one, I'll throw this in there because this has really been uh, sticking with me since last week. In our networking event, we're reading a book, and there was an opening in the chapter that I thought was so profound, and maybe others may not find it as profound, but I did. And so it gave an example of the difference between interest and a commitment. And in order for us to get a picture of what commitment is, I wanted to share that with you. It says that in my summary, that, you know, we're talking about a breakfast and there's a chicken and a pig. And they're saying who's interested in the breakfast versus who's committed to that breakfast, right? The bacon and the egg are there. But the chicken only has to lay the egg. But the pig has to die in order for you to have bacon. That's the level of commitment God asks from us as yielding believers. We have to die to our own desires in order to be willing to follow what he's asked us to do, and he will then confirm it, okay? So the second transforming disposition is obedience before instruction. Again, as human natures, we want to have instructions. We want somebody there to tell us exactly what to do, word for word, point blank, and that is because we don't want to take responsibility for the choices and the decisions that we make, but that's for another day. So, with the will of God, new instruction is given only after you have been obedient to the instruction you've been given, right? If the start of the process is go, have you gone yet? Did you go? Did you leave? Did you, did, you know, Abraham, he, Jesus, you know, the Lord tells Abraham at that time, go, leave your kindred and move, right? And then he also told him, don't take nobody with you, but that's a whole other subject, you know, that we'll see in this third thing, right? It's about following requirements. But at the same time, 
it wasn't until he took the first instruction, same way with Moses, and it's the same way with us. Have we done and followed the old instruction? Did we obey it And then we're, before we are expecting God to give us any more instruction? There is in chapter 4 of Exodus, verse 24, and I thought this, you know, again, intrigued me as well because I have not studied this before. But as Moses had gotten his order and he was on his way to leave to Egypt, in verse 24, there comes a point where it says that the Lord met Moses and sought to kill him. And I really did not understand at that point, why was he out to kill Moses? Moses had done what he said. But the thing that he had not done, which was the basic requirement, and this leads us into number three in our transforming dispositions was that Moses had failed to follow a basic requirement of the Abrahamic covenant, which was the circumcision of his son. And so even though he had obeyed this new this instruction that he had been given, the old instruction was already there because he was a believer, right, on that side of the cross. So if you know what the covenant requires, why haven't you done that? Okay, and like I said, that leads us into the third transformation, transforming disposition, which is routine requirements before great responsibilities. God's will, we must be concerned with doing the mundane and the insignificant routines that we know to be the basic requirements as believers, right? That one whole commandment is love. What? It's love. It's that basic requirement. Right? He doesn't ask for anything else. Right? And have we done that? Do we operate by that? When we say we love it, that means we hold true to it. That means we don't put any other gods before it. It means we don't subject it to mingling it with other behaviors and ideas and attitudes and trying to make things happen on our own will. It means we submit to his will and we trust and believe in what he's going to do. And so where Moses was being sought to be killed because he had not followed the basic covenant. That was something he knew already. That's already established. God didn't have to give him instructions about that because that's basic requirements, right? That was basic requirements. So that's the same way God looks for us. There is nothing else that he needs to tell us if we don't do the basics, right? And even in this, we see on verse 25, Moses' wife then followed through and did the circumcision. There are some commentaries that I read on this that imply that Moses' reason for not doing it was because his wife originally didn't want it done. But I did not read that in scripture that was in a commentary. But for whatever reason, he had failed to do it. And it was because God's expectation was that you should know my routine requirements that he sought to kill him. So in, in the third one, let us remember that we should joy in completing with excellence the mundane and insignificant routines before we get caught up in having such great responsibilities and notoriety and acceptance and approval, right? Our job always should be to excel in doing the mundane things that God has called us to do with the beauty and the love of doing them unto him. And our fourth transforming disposition is that quietness and co quietness plus confidence equals strength. This is not the world's formula. Sometimes God lets us run the course of our own self-sufficiency until we have proven, not only to ourselves, but to, other, to everybody else around us, 
that we cannot do it on our own. Then he will say to us in this soft voice, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Another translation of quietness and confidence would be utter trust in God. Okay? Quietness means to cease from activity. God wanted his people to regroup and to come to him. He is asking that from us as yielding believers all the time. When we, got, when we get caught up, it is for us to regroup. When things start to seem overwhelming or we start to feel burned out or we start to feel like, you know, we just don't know what, how to figure it out, what we're doing, it's because we've been running in our own self-sufficiency and we're running out. And he's calling for us to regroup to seek him in the solitude of our hearts and to receive his guidance. Because as a yielding believer, you cannot function without God, period. And then our fatal tendency to, is to think that we're strong in exerting ourselves and steady striving to do these hard tasks and trying to figure it out, going to this person who seems to have the next flashy, you know, flashy trick to help us get 200,000 leads or whatever else the next headline might be. And we're just striving hard, trying to learn all of these things, adding all these different idols and different mindsets into the way that we're running our businesses and running our homes and running our marriages. And we have yet to even stop and regroup and ask God, get me back on track because it's the steps of Jesus that I'm following. And how do I achieve this? And when we get the inner fortitude that we need to face life's difficulties, that only happens when we open our hearts to Christ in a moment ceasing from all of these wasted activities and letting him supply us with the guidance, the confidence, the direction, and the faith. Because faith itself, we learn, is a divine persuasion that takes place, right? Then we begin to reflect on God's word and then live by his word. And then we're able to have the wisdom to apply his word to the situation or circumstance that is unique and specific to us at that time. Then we're able to stay on that path and follow what he has given us. Then we're able to walk in the way because now he's guiding us and we're able to lay aside every other idol that is taking us away from him. So know that quietness plus confidence is strength. That is our fourth transforming disposition. So I hope today's wisdom has inspired you. I hope it is encouraging you to practically Get intentional about applying these dispositions, embracing the maturation process that's taking place in you as a yielding believer and surrender yourself to that. And just enjoy the thing that God is forming in you as you go through different experiences in life, as you begin to see things around you in a different way, and you start to embrace the organizational chart of doing things God's way. And I promise you there will be a peace that surpasses understanding that will come into your life and you will begin to see things unfold and you will not be impacted by the things in your environment that goes on around you. So thank you for joining us today here on Wisdom Inspired. You guys go and have a great day. Lead with intention and authenticity and we'll be back on the line tomorrow morning at the same time. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community, a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.